Uh, well, we end at the beginning today. We are ending our series on the unquenchable uh, worshipper. And as unquenchable worshippers, we are going deeper with God. We need to come back to where we started, with the heart of God. As we worship, God is revealed more and more. And as God reveals himself to us, then we are transformed into his likeness, bit by bit. You always come to worship and leave changed. And I would go further to say, we leave worship with a deep desire for more. I really sense that the Lord wants to challenge us on this this morning. So I come with a warning today that I'm not going to hold back. Um, I think sometimes we need a challenge, um, but God's challenge is never judgment. It's always an invitation to respond and change ourselves if we feel um, convicted by it. And so it's as much uh, for me as anybody else open to responding today. So often I think we come to worship for ourselves. How do we feel at the end of the worship? How have we left the building or left your lounge if you're at home? Well, you are at home today, except for a few of us. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes we feel, oh, well, the worship wasn't very good. I didn't feel anything or I'm not feeling that great when I leave. Or have we just ticked the box of church attendance um, um, just like a spectator, I guess. But we come to worship the living God. And therefore, in our worship, we should be offering him everything that we have. I have to confess that I have missed this year the larger worship gatherings, whether it be at a conference or the summer festivals. And I can be the first to moan and complain before going about the camping, about the, how many people there are, and quite often the loud noise of the worship music. Um, but every year, one thing never disappoints me. As I fully throw myself into the worship sessions and into the teachings, I always encounter the Holy Spirit. I hear the Lord speak, um, and sometimes I'm, I'm left in a place at some of those worship sessions where I just want to remain there and not move. I don't want to leave his presence. And to be honest, most of the significant prophetic words that have been spoken of my, over my life have been at places like that. And so, why does it happen there? I have to also say that when I've been on silent retreats or times away um, fully to worship in a much smaller and quieter context, I equally have those encounters. So what is the difference? What is it about those heightened experiences of God's presence in those places? Because it's definitely not about a campsite, I can tell you. Why is it seemingly closer and more profound than in my daily times with the Lord or even in a church service? And for me, definitely church online, I've really struggled with that. I think there's uh, three things. Uh, one is intention. When we come to worship like today, what is our expectation of our offering of worship? Are we just coming because it's Sunday and it's 10, 10 a.m.? Do we come for the church community? Is it going to be the word that's a preach and, uh, preached and we like that preacher? Maybe it's a bit of all of those things. I don't know. 
But in that, are we coming fully expectant of encountering God through the Holy Spirit? Are we like Jacob that's going to wrestle God for that blessing? Lord, I'm going to find you here today. I'm yearning to be in your presence, to hear your voice, and I'm not leaving until you do. Is it our intention to be fully focused on God when we're worshipping, shutting everything else out? It always strikes me, not, not in church, I hope, but it's often very much easier, well, I find it, to be fully focused on my phone if I'm doing emails or uh, sometimes on social media or by a Netflix series that I decide to binge watch or something. And by comparison, it's much easier to focus fully on those things and not be distracted. Our intention and our expectation affects how we worship. Secondly, it's about our attitude. We are coming into the presence of God Almighty. He's worthy of everything. Have we prepared ourselves properly before we come to church or settle down on our sofa to enter into the presence of God? I've just finished watching the new series of The Crown, as I know many of you would have done. Um, and when people come into the presence of the Queen, or they know they're going to come into a throne room, um, they have thought about what they will wear, where they will stand, how they will bow or curtsy, what they should or shouldn't say. A lot of thought and preparation would go into an encounter like that. Is God not worthy of so much more? So how do we prepare to come in to the throne room of God to worship? And would we behave differently to how we behave if God was physically in the room and we could see him? Our attitude makes a difference. And then the last thing is, I think it's abandon. Many times in the Bible, when people are in the presence of God, they fall to their knees. I mean, it does require them to be standing in his presence uh, before they fall. But no one tells them to do that. It is just the magnificence, the beauty, the mightiness of God that puts in them a sense of awe, a sense of reverence that says the only way to respond is to fall on my knees before this God. Now, I'm not sure if it's Advent, because it's Advent today, or um, lockdown, but many Christmas trees uh, have been put up this weekend. Um, and I see lots of decorated hedges. I hope there's some Christmas trees um, around the 15th, because I don't put up a Christmas tree before then. Um, but the Christmas movies are playing, and um, the Christmas carols are praying, and soon the shops will be open to do our Christmas shopping. And in the carol, O Holy Night, the words about the birth of the Saviour may be more poignant this year. It says this, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Isn't that us this year? For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices. We abandon ourselves in worship. My dad uh, was a man who loved to worship. 
Um, and he had many strokes in the decade before he died. And the one thing he felt that it took away from him was his ability to sing. And when he did, I, didn't, I think he sounded just fine, but it was him and his confidence about that. And I used to watch him in worship in, in church. Um, he'd sit with his stick, normally with his chin on his uh, stick because he, he wouldn't stand all the time. And, um, and his eyes would just be closed. And, and my heart would break that he couldn't worship in the way we know to worship. And on one occasion, we were sitting in church and he nudged me and he said, listen, listen, can you hear it? And I, I mean, I don't know what he was talking about um, at, at the point in time. And he, he closed his eyes again and I could see the presence of God on him. Um, and he was, he was really fully in the presence of God. And he shared with me later, says, I can't sing, but when I enter into worship and I sense the Lord's presence, I begin to hear the angels sing. And that's the most beautiful worship. And in these weeks where we haven't been able to sing, I've often thought of that time. You know, he could have just sat there and enjoyed the worship songs. He would have done that. He was very generous in the way he was. Um, he would have watched everyone else and thought it was wonderful that we could all engage in worship. And yet he didn't. He sought a way to engage with the presence of God in a different form of restrictions. But we have restrictions now, don't we? But do we come and enter into his presence so devotedly that we encounter Jesus every time? I don't know, maybe we too can hear the angels in our worship. So if we come with intention, if we have the right attitude and preparedness, and we abandon ourselves, then what happens? Well, then we find the blessing. I love Moses. Um, I don't envy the tough time he had a lot of the time, um, although there are times um, that I have gained now where I have more insight as to how he must have felt. The parting of the sea was pretty cool, um, but it's the deep encounters he has in God's presence that I'm most envious of. The burning bush, those mountaintop experiences. Matt Redmond describes this beautifully. At the end of Exodus 34, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai after a powerful encounter with the living God. He was ushered into an incredible revelation, so deep into the heart of God's glory that his face was actually shining. How, how was his face was so radiant? In fact, that the people were afraid to even look at him. From that, time on, from that time on, Moses wore a veil to cover up his face. But in verse 34 it says, But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. Moses was intentional. He climbed a mountain at a very old age, just to be in the presence of God and speak with him. He had the right attitude. He set that apart, away from the people, away from his duties. In that place of God's presence, he then removed the veil. Significant because it is the things that block us from God that we need to put aside so that we are fully open and lay ourselves vulnerable before him. 
And there in those times, he would abandon himself to God for days on end. He spent a lot of time there being still in God's presence. And I'm guessing um, some of that would have been worship. I mean, you're in the presence of God. You're going to worship him. You're not going to be able to do anything else. Um, Some was taking instruction. Um, Some was preparing him for what he was going to go back down to, down at the bottom of the mountain to. But I bet you he didn't want to leave there. Coming down to all those grumbling people. I mean, he would have much rather stayed there, right? But he didn't always radiate. I think there was a progression through his journey as God brought him through um, his life. The burning bush didn't leave him radiant. He had a choice of obedience to God and what God was asking him to do. He didn't radiate before the authority of Pharaoh, which he still had to treat with respect and come under his authority. He submitted there. He trusted God with every little thing, even those difficult instructions, and he was courageous. The time in his presence preparing for all those things, he was present. And we as worshippers can shine with God's glory just the same. We are invited into that privileged place through worship where God reveals himself to us. Where when we touch that heart of God, we are transformed. Maybe we'll even hear the angels sing. You see, the greater of revelation of God when we touch his heart through worship means the greater the transformation in us as we come to become like him. And there, as we stand with unveiled faces, just as we are, God brings healings to those past wounds. God brings reconciliation. He draws out the pain. He comforts. He loves us. He secures us. There, as unquenchable, changed worshippers, we will shine with the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we are all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So today we see in part what we will fully see in heaven one day. Don't hold back. Be intentional, expectant. Come prepared and abandon yourselves to his presence. And allow the glory of God to radiate in you and through you. Amen.